idiot! <laughs> Welcome back to part two of issue 50 of Nintendo Power, being covered on the Playing With Power podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me is John. Hey. And kind of joining us is Sleeping Brandon. Brandon's asleep on the, on the Skype call, so <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're trudging on. And uh, we, have, we have a very special guest with us today. We have Brian from... Uh, morning toast. <laughs> Did he sleep too? Dot com. No, Brian's here. Brian, Hello. introduce yourself. Sorry. <laughs> That's how, Hi, I'm Brian from morningtoast.com. <laughs> How's the experience been so far? Have you got Stockholm syndrome yet? We got a stellar. We have a sleeping guest. We have a sleeping guest, a sleeping host. Our cast is a shit show and a half. Our cast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, speaking of things that aren't shit shows, though, we just got through the, the Star Fox comic, and we're on to what I would say is probably the best game on the original Nintendo, uh, or Nintendo Game Boy, sorry. Game Boy. Uh, yeah, uh. Game Boy is the important qualifier there, but Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. The months so. I spend on this game, fucking glorious. Yeah, I know you and Ben both, like, absolutely adore this game, so... Um. Uh, but he unfortunately he's not with us due to some sick family members today but uh what do you want to like so it's its own game it's not a port of any of the other zelda games right well wasn't this supposed to be a sequel yes it is a sequel to the leak of the past but it's it not says a here port. after defeating ganon no absolutely not it is it's its right. own complete individual game and it's but it feels great. and plays like an nes like the nes like versions it's solid like this is gaming in your pocket like this is the what what game boy promise like the idea oh, that it's this superior. is the game that really delivers yeah oh. superior than the nes version in every way mm -hmm. because unlike the uh, the burnt out desiccated wasteland of hyrule in the first one there's actual people in this game yeah it actually kind of does improve on the uh, formula um, than what you got in the original NES games. Now, Brian, did you play um, the Game Boy version of Link's Awakening at all? Uh, I didn't. The most Zelda I ever really dove into was the first one. You know, just the first NES one. Cause I didn't. The, I played the. That's you a know, bad. That's a bad first impression. The oh. second NES one, and obviously that was even so worse, to be honest. But after that, it's like I'd never, I didn't have, like I mentioned in the last episode, I guess, the, yeah. I never had a Super Nintendo, so I never played, uh, oh, um, so what was that one? Link to the Past. Link to the Past. So you, um, you never. But you did have did a you, Game you, Boy Pocket. Yeah, but I had two games, Tetris and a WWF game. So. Do you? Do, you're you're, oh, you're, you're, oh, hurt, you're hurting Mike. Mike's Mike's going through like palpitations right now. Um, <laughs> so did you? Do you have a 3ds? Uh, no, I never had a 3ds. I had the DS Lite when it came out okay. and was the hot shit. That's probably the last Nintendo thing I got into. It. Well, I lied. The Wii. Do I'm still you, having Wii. I'm still having Wii regret at this point. Do, but. do you have? Do you? We have regrets. <laughs> Do you, Say that again? do you use an emulator at all for like some of the old stuff? Do you go back and play them now with emulators? Uh, some of the stuff. I still have my NES deck, so I still play some carts well, there. And um, But otherwise, yeah. If you have an emulator for a Super NES, which there might be some sites on the internet would help you get that, um, <laughs> Link to the Past is probably like it's a top five, if not top video game of all time. So like if you're looking sure. for something 
to play in in like the annals of like Nintendo lore. Uh, Link to the Past is amazing. If you have a if you have a 3DS, Link between uh, Zelda: Link Between Worlds is a Link to the Past just reimagined slightly. So it's the same footprint, same relatively the same game, just like kind of a new story to it. Um, some new dynamics thrown in. So they used the same footprint and like redid the story a little bit. Um, either of those games are wasn't it supposed amazing. to be a direct sequel? It's not. It's it's like a different game in this exact same world. So it's it's re- that's. I know you get mad at me. Works for, saying, for me. Like, it feels like I played that game, but because that's the way I played it. But e- no matter how you go at it, I mean, I'm not saying do it right now, obviously. But like, if you're looking for a, a retro game to give it give a try, Link to the Past is definitely like one of the ones you should try to tackle first. Uh, this- I, 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 I need to go back to these in order is the thing, because like I said, I kind of bailed after the first one because I, I went to PC gaming rather than kept going uh, on the console no, route no. until PlayStation land, but I've never, I never dove into Zelda like some have, and I need to properly... You don't need them. to skip Zelda two. Like you, you, you played Zelda well, one. Yeah. Skip Zelda yeah, two. Yeah, it's yeah. awful. Yes, yes. Link to the past is is where you need. Like the next retro game that you play, really, it should be that game because it is that it is that good and that fun. Like it's yeah. It's, um, and then probably yeah. if you're and, gonna uh, to you do can any of the Link's Awakening. You kind of cut out there for a second, there, Mike. What'd you say? Yeah. So did you? Link's Awakening. Uh, this one. Okay, for, yeah, and this great. game would definitely this game would definitely be in the uh, in the uh, annals of stuff to to go and play too. I I don't think I, I might have played a little bit of it. Like someone had a had a cart some like you know I tried it for a few minutes at some point, but I never got to sit down and actually play through it. So I think Mike would probably be the better one to describe to describe what you're getting. What makes this game so great, Mike? Well, it's uh, like a lot of the action from A Link to the Past. Overhead view, talking mm. with people, but you also get to hear uh, it's very musical based. Mm. So uh, it starts off with a great video cutscene of Link on a raft, and uh, it, he gets washed away in a storm, ends up washing up on the beach, and you're mm. found by this lady. And the first thing you have to do is find your sword, which it seems to do with a lot of Legend of Zelda games having Link not even have a sword. Because in Link to the Past, you wake up, and it says, like, you have to find your uncle, get his sword, and then you actually have a sword. And uh, it has a great sense of making you feel powerless, like seeing all the dangers in the world, and that you yeah, need a Yeah, pretty much every Zelda game, I think, starts that way. I don't remember a single game starting with you having an arsenal of any sort, really. So. Uh, Link 2 probably did. But yeah, then again, well, I, I don't count that. I don't count that as a Zelda game. So, now you could right. you could have named that game anything else, and it would have made complete sense. <laughs> All right. So, um, what is? Sorry, the best part of of this game, like what what? Oh, I don't. There's so much about it. it has a beautiful overhead okay. map that explains, and like if you press the A button, it will give you a brief explanation of like what's in that square. So I could let mm. you know like what a village is, like who you could visit. Like for the Game Boy, it's extremely well detailed. The music okay. is phenomenal. And if well, if you look at these overhead maps, you can see all the different uh, all the different uh, overhead maps areas. It's extremely well detailed. Hmm. So, and and it's it's 
you know, got a lot of the weapons that you're familiar with, Link. You got the hookshot, you got the sword, uh, you got you throw bombs and pot and you know pots because you know Link has a psycho uh, like a psychopathic rage against any pottery. <laughs> um, I think pot- and, I think uh, pottery killed his parents. Yeah, it's like Batman. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I mean. I don't, it's hard for me to talk about this game and draw it out of you, but like, <laughs> like we want to talk about the coverage here. Like, sure. What do we want to? Okay. Well, Link washes up on the island of Koholint, and tropical forests slope upwards, forming a volcanic cone atop which rests a giant egg. Now, right. in this land, Link will make friends and enemies. Now, it starts off with you uh, finding yourself in a cabin rescued by Malin. And her mm-hmm. father, uh, Marin, and her father, Talon. And your first quest is to find your friggin' sword. Otherwise, you're a sitting duck. So you go along the beach, and, and you get your sword, and then when you do, the friggin' epic music kicks in. Da, 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 like the main theme. And <laughs> it just like has this great sense of making you feel like a boss. Right off the okay. bat, it's like, oh shit, now I'm playing with power. <laughs> And then you get so, to kick ass all over the beach, get your rupees, and uh, you you get up enough rupees to go to the village. You end up buying your shield mm-hmm. and uh, some other things like Pegasus shoes, bombs. You'll find that later. And then you explore the different dungeons after realizing you must create like an orchestra of uh, sound to wake up the fish so that you can uh, leave the island and find your way home. And uh, you have to get an instrument from each boss you beat, as well as a tool that you will get inside each level. Like Pegasus okay. Shoes, Rock's Feather. Now, the Rock's <coughs> Feather is, one, is a new thing that they didn't have in the other ones, in the other mm-hmm. Zeldas, which allows you to jump. And okay. uh, a great part about that is that in that level, there'll be like these rolling spikes that cover the entire level from front yeah, to usually, end. Yeah, because usually Link can't jump. In any of the uh, Zelda games, so what this gives you, a, so when you have the feather equipped, you have a, a jump function. Is that how it yeah. works? Or with with that feather huh. equipped and the, this rolling spike spike pin comes at you, you just jump over it. Oh, okay. And you can jump yeah, over gaps. Yeah. Okay. Like the level will be cut in half. You just jump over the gap, and there you go. It's pretty darn awesome, as well as finding the hook shot, which will just let you get across gaps that you can't run across. And then what's see level two? You have you get the ability to pick up and throw bombs. You pick up a shovel to bury, you know, your victims. Like <laughs> what I do in my backyard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So as you can see, you got the boss you're fighting is the Rolling Bones, and you need the Rock's Feather and the Sword in concert so oh, you yeah. can jump over, and uh, slash him up. And the Moldorm, which was a really cool boss in Link, uh, mm. Link to the Past. He makes That's the one looks like here. a cent. That one looks like a centipede, right? Pretty yeah. much. Okay. And then in uh, the journey to level two, yep, you find the shovel where you can dig up rupees, hearts, stuff like that. And Emotions then... of past relationships, uh, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever for you. Uh, and then, and you get bombs. And then, uh, level two, the which you, you have to get the power. You have to get the bracelet in order to throw them, though. So you get you can you get the ability to have bombs before you get the bracelet. That doesn't seem to make sense, but <laughs> yeah, well, it's like you, <laughs> the bombs aren't that heavy, that, apparently. 
And then, uh, so then you you are very quickly given that ability though, because the next uh, part is the cave. And you with uh, this with this bracelet, you get to fight a genie. You can't fight the genie because he's too powerful. So what do you do? You throw his lamp around, <laughs> which is cool. And then you can uh, then when the lamp shatters, then you can finally uh, defeat the genie, which is cool. And you will find your adventure. You will journey on to level three, where you will gather five golden leaves. I remember having trouble with this when I keep going back to the uh, walkthrough for that. Mm -hmm. But when you do, you get to fight a really neat boss called Slime Eyes, which is two eyes joined together until you separate them with your sword, and then they become two didn't, separate bosses. Didn't you go on a date with a girl whose nickname was Slime Eyes? <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think was in the canoe? <laughs> uh, Call back. Anyway, no, that, that uh. was that was uh, Bertha. Tons of fun. Anyway, <laughs> um, and we have Pegasus boots as the um, which the, allows you to the, dash. Yeah, so you pick up speed boots. And um, uh, boy, I, like one of the cool things about this was that you would uh, then there's these massive gaps, which you need to combine the Pegasus boots with the rock's feather. So then you can do a running jump over a massive gap. Oh shit, son. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> popping off now. So, uh, and that's as far as they get you, they get you to the 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 dungeon the key dungeon in uh, level 3. Uh, and then they they set you along they say you know you're going to have to get all the way to the top of the volcano and uh, investigate the bird egg <laughs> or whatever. I don't even remember. Uh, what like what like how you is there a Ganon on this island or what's the deal like how does this how does uh, this game end? Well, Ganon does factor only only minimally, in mm -hmm. that in the final boss, once you uh, you play your symphony in front of the fish, it will crack in the front of the egg, it will crack open, mm -hmm. and you have to fight the uh, find the dream whale, and <laughs> yeah, this game's this game's fucking banana bonkers great. It it and, takes a it's a bit of an acid trip of a Zelda game. Oh, especially us. when you fight the last boss, because mm. basically it becomes like a massive flashback of all the different enemies you fought throughout different Zelda games, as this shadow form takes the form of Aghanim shooting lightning bolts and oh, balls wow. at you, which you have to reflect back at him, and then he'll turn into bosses you fought in you fought in this game where you have to throw bombs at him. Then he'll shift into Ganon throwing his spear around, as well as turning into uh, different other enemies like it's about like seven or eight different forms and you have to just keep fighting them and weakening them until you get the uh until the fish finally wakes up and then like he allows you to uh leave the island well so i don't know what else we can say about this game except that it's you awesome. want Zelda in your pocket it's really one of the best ways you can go I would put my my vote behind between two worlds, but I don't think you're going to go too wrong here if you if you if you do Link's Awakening, um, as well. Obviously, much different generations, much different games, so it's really tough to compare them to each other. But uh, it really is a highlight of the Game Boy uh, system, probably the best game on the Game Boy system. So yeah, and uh, the next speaking game. of not games that are the best on a system, we have Gargoyles Quest Two: Trouble in Ghoul Realm. This was a very fun game. Uh, Brandon and I got to play it on the taste test, so if you wanted to know what that game's about, you could listen to us talk about it then, because you won't hear us talk about it now because he's still fucking sleeping. <laughs> now, they have a big map here on page 68 that, like, covers the whole realm of the game, I guess? Is that is that what's going on? Well, we're looking at a, uh, what appears to, yeah, this is a, uh, the original Gargoyles Quest, I guess, was on the Game Boy, because... 
I really thought that the uh, sequel was on the Nintendo. Mm, it was. Yeah, this is almost identical to the any. Also, this is the identical to the NES version of Gargoyles Quest 2. So they did Gargoyles Quest 2 on the NES. Oh my and then God. ported it. Well, this is what we played, and it is. A Wait, did you play the NES or the or the or the, the NES version? version? Of course, you're gonna oh, play okay. a colored so this version. <laughs> this is the Game Boy version, though. So, uh, yeah, obviously, but they they are saying this is a port copy. This is like the same game. It's not a different reimagining for the Game Boy. So, yeah, it's a fun game. So, uh, if you want to know what this game's about, what it's like, and what our thoughts were, listen to the taste test. <laughs> That's good enough for me. You want to move on to the next game? Yep, Terminator 2, the arcade game. We've got, we've got <laughs> a lovely insert of a T-800 looking at us like, what the hell are you staring at? With denture teeth put in his mouth for some reason. <laughs> He's uh, a robot. Why does he have bone teeth? And then, um, so this, I, I remember playing the Super Nintendo version of this game, but for some reason they downported it back to the NES for, or was it, wait, no, this is the Game Boy. <laughs> So, they downported a Super Nintendo game all the way to Game Boy Pocket. So, like, if you had just this had is to the play, arcade game. If you had to play T two on your Game Boy, this is the way to do it. Um, <laughs> to their credit, the graphics don't look that bad. I mean, they look like shit. Don't get me wrong, but like considering it's on the original Game Boy, they've done an okay job. It looks like you move a reticle around with the D pad. Um, but like that's a game. It's a light gun game. Why the fuck would you play it on a on a Game Boy? It doesn't, the, doesn't make any sense. The answer is it's made by LJN. <laughs> Let's just not. They really <laughs> do have the worst like the worst ideas for games ever. Like this game makes no. Why? Ugh. All right, I'm not. It it was great on the arcade and it was great on the Genesis. Right. And I don't know. If, I played the Genesis one. I assume the Super Nintendo one was the same. Yeah, same idea. Same yeah. So yeah. so yeah. why wouldn't it be great on a completely miniaturized system with no color and no light gun? <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> Let's just strip away all the utility, all the experience. It should still be fun, right? <sighs> anyway, on so to why we uh, we have Brian here. <laughs> we have the counselor's corner. So. Uh, as as Brian mentioned, he you actually dug up some of the uh, the identities of or, or modern day personas <laughs> of, the, of the prior the prior they were in witness uh, counselors. Any any particularly like um, memorable stories from going on that journey? Anything that like sticks out in your mind as as, as something that you learned that was interesting? Um, I think everything, frankly, was interesting because the the whole story, I guess, goes is that like I had a uh, a folder like an envelope that I put my Nintendo stuff in when I was a kid maps right. and some random stuff all the letters I got back from Nintendo because I used to write letters to Nintendo mm. asking for you know how do you beat this boss how did you beat that boss they had that hotline right but mm. my parents weren't like you know yeah call this 800 900 they weren't, number, no <laughs> they weren't big on me spending 75 <laughs> cents a minute or whatever it was or did they let yeah. you if you asked no, are you uh, kidding? Okay. Uh, so yeah. If they let you, if so they I let had... you pay for one hotline when you're a kid, then they know that you're going to you're going to be paying for oh, another yeah. hotline when you're a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So I had to write the, I had to write them with you know, through the old good old fashioned mail, mm. uh, and then like I think I said last episode, I would draw on the envelopes, hoping to get in the in the front of the thing and be all cool because I was a you know I was an artist, I can draw. <laughs> uh, so I did all that, but then. Uh, so I had all these letters. I put them in an envelope. I dug that envelope up. This was 
10 years ago, I guess, or so, right. whenever that was up there. And I, and I scanned them, uh, put them on the internet for record, uh, <laughs> and just kind of, you know, walking myself down memory lane. Mm. And one of the guys, uh, Kirk Starr is his name, which is an awesome name it's in, a, in its gotta own be a right. porn name. Uh, you would think so, right? <laughs> so No, that would be Kirk Starfish. <laughs> and uh, so basically he Didn't, out Is that of the guy nowhere, that patented the chocolate starfish? That should be <laughs> Anyway, sorry Brian No, and chocolate he, starfish was his first interracial movie <laughs> <laughs> So he, he mailed me Out of the blue, just like, hey, I'm the guy You just wrote about Oh my I'm god like, I'm like, no shit, I'm like, okay How about I interview you Because I'm like, I got a website I need content uh, you you had the job that I wanted when I was ten, right? So I'm like, how about an interview? He's like, uh, okay. He's like, he you know he didn't think of himself of any as you know anything special to be interviewed, right? Who would? And I, so I just emailed him a bunch of questions, and he answered them back. I published that interview with his uh, awesome mullet picture that was in the Nintendo Power, and then I posted that, and then another GPC was just. Googling or whatever, and hey, I know that guy. I knew that guy. I worked there too. Okay, how about I interview you? No <laughs> big deal. Nice. And that the second guy was Casey Curtis, and then that interview got noticed by Paul Reed, and then that interview got noticed by Matthew Glidden, and then another one got noticed by Thomas Zuccotti. So it was like this <laughs> He's like folly chained of it. like you just yeah. chained all these interviews. So it was this lightning strike of thing where I'm like, I never thought I'd get, you know, the first one was a complete out of out of nowhere. So I'm like, okay, never happen again. This will be a one-time thing. That's and crazy. then it just is this string of, of events. And I'm like, so I got a lot of different. What's, pers- what's stuck in your mind? Like, were were any of them, they, I'm assuming they all look back pretty fondly on the, their time spent there. Like, Oh, yeah. And that's one thing I, I, I asked them a lot of, like, what was, what was, how did you get there? What was the fun of there because me being a you know 10 11 year old yeah it sounds like the best job ever yeah you get to play games for a living kind of stuff and essentially yeah they did i mean that was their thing and a lot of these guys um they were temp hires uh when nintendo started beefing up nintendo power right so Mm. they just went and they hired a bunch of guys and then they would pull they would hire flip them full time once that happened and a lot of these guys that I talked to, were, they were, you know, either just out of high school or still in high school. It was 88, 89, mm. somewhere in there. So these kids were between 16 and 19 and working for Nintendo, playing games and, you know, dealing with letters from kids like me and dealing with the phones and becoming these superheroes for us in terms of experts uh, at, at playing Nintendo games. And yeah. so it was just uh, fascinating just kind of listening to what their view was while I was sitting there trying to beat Batman and didn't know how to what to do, yeah. and he's just like he's got access to all this information right there. And well, I remember, just, sorry, yeah, go ahead. I remember when we we were interviewing uh, Catherine Spears. She's the daughter of Howard Phillips, the original editor, stepdaughter, yeah. um, step stepdaughter. Sorry, right. Uh, but he, when he was editor, like he'd already uh, was involved or married her her mom. So like he would bring her in and she sort of described how the, like how close knit the group was back when Howard was running the magazine. Like it was kind of just this, like they would have, you know, pizza nights and things like that. And like always working on the games together. So she said, it. she said it was like, that, that does mat, match up stories like from people that were involved, but not part of the counselors group that we've heard like separately. Yeah. So yeah, no, it sounded amazing. And it was one of those cases where like, I think 
especially that 88, 89, 90 time when it was just getting, right. you know, that's, that's to me when they hit their stride, right? Right. And that they were doing, Nintendo Power at large, they didn't know what they were doing. They were just running a magazine. Right. And here's a bunch of kids that didn't know what they were doing. They were just thrown in front of this deck and said, here, play this game and we'll pay you. And well, and so give out the, like advice for it and all that. Like, yeah. Call in, so right? it was this this thing where no one really knew what they were doing. They just knew they were doing it. Right. So it was this wild west, and they were having fun. And then what's some of the other guys that I talked to later that came to Nintendo later were talking yeah. about how once they started structuring and organizing, it got less and less fun. Yeah, that would uh, make sense. Is, as corporate which gets is, involved. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So they're like, once they're like, okay, we can make a lot more money out of this Nintendo Power stuff. Let's start structuring this, and you know they. It was the I got a couple stories out of when they switched from, you know, hand drawn maps and binders to a computer system where everything was in a database and stuff like that and how that kinda killed the fun and you know, over time as you build all the games up and you have all this database, you don't need to research <coughs> games anymore. So you're doing less playing and you're doing more just giving out regurgitating. Like yeah, giving yeah, out and stuff like that. And, like that. Yeah, yeah, that uh, and whatnot. So that that was it was just interesting hearing that how like and kind of depressing I guess that even like here's the the job that I wanted and it's, you know, now that we're all adults and, and middle age nearing that it's just another job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of stuff. But I and I did ask a couple of them, like, did did being there ruin video games for you? Because right. it's one of those things. That's you know, what I want to know. <laughs> your hobby turns into your job. Does it does it suck playing? Uh, right. You know, knit games and and all of them basically said uh, no. Mm. <laughs> and a couple of them that I talked to were still in or went into video game industry after they left Nintendo. They that is the impression that I have got from turn all that these, around. A lot of these guys did go on to like programming careers and you know yeah. stuff like that. So that does that yeah. does match up with what we're hearing as well on our end. But it was uh it was fascinating just kinda of listening to it and, and it, it got kinda of hard interviewing after a while because they didn't want to ask the same questions over and over again, right? So right. it's like, you know, okay, what was a good day? I had my standard issues like what was a good day at being a gameplay counselor? What was a bad day being a gameplay counselor? And right. pretty much the, all of them said the bad days when you were just on the phones and yeah. a good day is when you got to play games and meet stuff like one guy talked about when Ken Griffey Jr. showed up when it was the he had his game his baseball game or whatever and a couple of them got to go to the uh, the the CESs and the E3s of the day and, mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that and, and Kirk Starr actually it was the first guy that I talked to was uh, talking to me about how he went and it was when Star Fox was coming out and they were pushing that FX chip so he was mm-hmm. like on the floor at this convention with his, his sweet Nintendo jacket, bomber jacket, you know, and the the, the button <coughs> that says "Ask me about Star Fox" and, and right. all this kind of stuff that was uh, that he had kept. He sent me a few things, which was kind of cool. I got like a, I got the pin that he had. And, uh, oh wow! One of those, you know, those little uh, the the nudie the nudie pens where you would tip it up and the lady's dress would fall off in the water. <laughs> it was one of those, but it was Star Fox, so it was one of the little spaceships, and it would move in this like water pen kind of thing. So oh, that was kind of cool. He actually he sent just, you the swag. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. And uh, so yeah, it was very cool. So it was just kind of those little trinkety things that uh, that w- was pretty cool. But yeah, so oh, I thought uh, I thought it was going to be then, about fairing. You get to see your pups. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so after those five interviews, I think after a while, I put that up on Facebook just to like, hey, here's more stuff. Thinking I would get into it and get more people. And it kind of died after that. Well, to be be honest, I'm not a big Facebook person. I haven't quite figured that out. It hasn't fit into my, my... 
daily routine or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, it's more so on me not pushing it through Facebook and frankly not pushing it out of real life intervened and everything else. Well, so, when you're as good when you're um, as good at it as I am, that's when you can get those 400 likes. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna link it up on our on our on our page for sure. So everybody go check this out because it's definitely uh, an interesting sort of for, uh, foray into um, you know the the people that were involved with the the, the counselors end here. Like yeah, so. And I do have, uh, I did scan my letters that I received from Nintendo, so it's a PDF up there. So I got like the actual, like what they wrote uh, for. So if you need some tips on Batman, <laughs> Solar Jetman, or uh, oh, what was the other one on here? Solar Jetman. All right. You're paying or, early or, rare uh, games. I like it. Or, or Metal Gear, uh, I got your hookup here. Nice. Let's see. And I even I even ask about Legend of Zelda too. It's funny the second quest stuff and the power bracelet just from the first game and whatnot. But yeah, but yeah. All right. Yeah, Solar Jetman, Golgo thirteen. Ooh, that was a tough one. Ooh. Okay. Wow. You were all right. We can definitely uh, place where you were in the time frame of the Nintendo Power Run. So. <laughs> all right. Uh, on to this issue, if that's all right. Let's see. Uh, yeah. Shadow Run. We have everyone's favorite talking dog, Brian Griffith, is giving us uh, <laughs> uh, tips on Shadowrun, how to obtain the Lone Star Badge, and where do you get the cred stick? I don't know what the cred stick is, but it doesn't sound fun. You might need to get some penicillin if you get it. So, uh, <laughs> But yeah, Shadowrun, uh, did, you, did you ever play Shadowrun, Brian? Uh, no, no. It's a super, uh, super weird um, sh- like RPG shooter where um, you can sort of see the way the game lays out in the bottom right. It's isometric uh, looking down, and you actually move a reticle around the screen, uh, mm. like, a, like a mouse pointer. And uh, yeah. it's, it's strange. Uh, it, based on who you've talked to, you can see sort of see in the middle of the page, like the dialogue trees. It opens up like things with people to talk about like further down the road. So um, you have to ha- it's telling you like the, the sequence of conversations that you need to have in order to get this Lone Star badge. So like the game is contextual as far as the experience that, you, that you've had. It allows things to unlock later in the game. So it was sort of an early attempt at where games went. Like this is definitely in the vein of where more modern games kind of went, but just the systems weren't really up to it yet. <laughs> so uh, interesting design and very future like forward looking, but uh, you know, meh kind of unfortunate that it didn't really get very much uh, attention as uh, in its day though so uh let's see we also have james st martin who that has to be like a daytime uh soap star i don't know uh he's he's giving out tips on tiny tunes adventure uh buster bus loose uh what do you want to say about that mike uh, he tells us how to get past rats in the bookcases helping hampton collect apples and jumping off the train in stage 2D. <laughs> and Todd Bichelle, uh, who, his photo, I don't know what's going on. Not so flattering. I think he just, like, smelt his fart, or, like, he's got that look of, like, they'll never find the kid where I buried the kids. I, I, I don't know. That's <laughs> sort of what's going on. <laughs> and he's giving us tips on Fire and Ice, which was that game we're talking about, where you, the uh, the character—it's a puzzle game where the character manipulates uh, ice, so you sort of build your own platforms of ice and things like that to solve the puzzles. Um, so they they give you level six, room nine. Uh, how do you put out the fire? You go to the doctor and ask for some penicillin, 
And then, uh, what is the solution to 9-2? So, nobody's going to play Fire and Ice, so don't bother. Um, and then, everyone's favorite game of Is It a Guy or Is It a Girl? We have Chris Albrecht, uh, who gives <laughs> Mylan's secret castle tips. I honestly have no clue if it's Chris with, like, a, a girl or Chris is a guy. Like, uh, it looks kind of like a guy, is my guess. Um, yeah. Where do you get the lantern, and how do you get out of the well? Uh, so it's like the Baby Jessica game. Like, can you get your way out of it? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I went there. I went there. Uh, okay, right. so we got the player's power challenge, where we get to uh, challenge the players. Like, how long does it take you to get to Doom Castle? Where you can take a photo of the status screen showing us your time. And then right, any notable, any notable challenges here? Uh, no. Metroid Two. What's your total finishing time? Well, it depends on how many whiskeys I've had. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, nothing really. Uh, a lot of high score challenges. How fast can you do the Stonehenge race in Top Gear? Um, and they have the uh, the prior the prior uh, issues challenge records of the. Uh, counselors are in um, are colored and then uh, Super Mario Kart we get to see the fastest trial the fastest time on the circuit one time trial and that goes to Ricky Innocent from Newcastle counselor (laughs) (laughs) I think oh no actually he's not they'll tell you Jeff R. Palmer got the best time on the Stonehenge race for 1 minute 58 seconds and he's a gameplay counselor Anyway. Shocking. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, we got someone from Tucson, Arizona who beat the most time left after beating Jafar was Well, it was two minutes. people, James McCown and Jay Wingfield, so I don't know if that should count. So they get like half credit. Oh, they're both so. from Tucson, so yay. JoJo had a tom in Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> Where I spent four years of my life going through college. It is an absolute shithole. Uh, but some nice areas, and it will always have a place in my heart. So We have another uh, Canadian one from Wave Race. The In third place for the best time track was Jason Higgum from Orleans, Ontario, which is a suburb of Ottawa. All right. So um, I think I think Brian needs to leave us. So you want to say goodbye to Brian uh, before he jumps out? <laughs> sure, Brian. Uh <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> no, it's only no. Uh, it's like we record late at night. We're just getting wrapped up, but you know, we all we got lives and stuff like that. So, thank you very much for spending your time with us. It was really a pleasure uh, hearing some of your no, no. Stories. Thank you. This is a treat, frankly, out of the blue, and uh, uh, I'm glad to go back and and revisit some stuff that I uh, I did a while ago, and and frankly, just get with some guys to talk about the stuff we love. So there you go. Well, then right. you can you can enjoy our archive until we have you on again. Yeah, hey, you, you name it. You, you, can, here, you can make no us problem. part of your daily life by hitting the archive. It's only what ninety episodes. <laughs> it's not that big. <laughs> is, that, is that all? Uh, yeah, and of course we would love to have you back. So if you if you find some time where you, you want to do an episode at some point, uh, feel free to let us know. It would be fun to talk more about counselor stories and things like that. We'll send sure. we'll send Brandon uh, some caffeine. Anyone? I was say, if, if you need a filler or, or if Brandon's dead or something, you need me, just let me know. <laughs> thank you, for, thank you very much, Brian. Very much appreciated. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Bye. So we now have the Adams Family Pugsley Scavenger Hunt. 
Although, on the NES. <laughs> yeah, it bears the same title as their Super NES release. It's not the same game. However, it is, however, the same as their first Super NES game, albeit with fewer stages in each area. Confused? We don't blame you. Boy, uh, that's, that's so, really bad. <laughs> yeah, and it, interesting here they say, like, Paramount Pictures licensed Ocean, so they take the time to, li- to list who the, has the movie rights, but the, who the game was licensed to, so... Yeah, Pugsley, Pugsley's uh, scavenger hunt on the NA, on the Super NES was really not good. I will say it doesn't look that terrible for a late stage NES. I mean, it looks like kind of you know standard fare, I guess. I mean, Ocean's not a bad you know publisher, so it doesn't shock me that this isn't awful. But but as far as best uh, games go, I wouldn't put this in Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. It's late. I'm going to kill him. All right. Uh, <laughs> what do we have to say about this? It's just not a good game. Like, don't play this game. Oh, yeah. We get like, to see a, uh, a creature called the Mad Scientist who looks like a luchador. And, uh, oh, my God, this game looks fucking awful. Pugsley yeah. is wearing a, uh, a green and black striped shirt. And he's fighting the, the Mad Scientist who is, of course, Nintendo loves their monochrome. Instead of having, like, a pink-skinned guy with a red hood... It's just a red skin guy with a red hood making him look like a tom- like a tomato with a face. He throws bat rangs at you and says, "Show me what you've got." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a it's you know an Adams Family game. If you're gonna it's, play this game, play it on the Super Nintendo. It'll look better. And, but don't even play that game because that game's fucking awful too. Just ah, uh, go play one of the other good Adams Family games. But not Fester's Quest. <sighs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, what else do we have? We have Mighty Final Fight, where we got a uh, done. It's uh, this 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 article is done in the style of a uh, of like a comic book. It almost looks like so that's kind of cool. Um, so anyway, uh, it says it's a Capcom game in the kind of fun brawler mode. Uh, it says Mighty Final Fight: The Mighty Will Survive in the World's Cry Capital. Capcom's Metro City uh, still isn't free from the clutches of evil, but as Mayor Hagger and his pals, Guy and Cody are working on it. Derailing the vile Mad Gear Gang will be different difficult task, though. They control most of the city. So. Yeah, and uh, they, they, they're, they're, they're like kind of childish adults. They're like uh, the style is called super deformed. Yeah, where they look like chibis, and uh, one guy has got like a, a face like a Mad Ball or something. Like, he doesn't even look like he has a human face. And he's, like, <laughs> on the ground, like, eh. And then we get to see, like, Hagar punching yeah. an alien, because I guess aliens are in the uh, mix now. And behind him is, like, a Rick James-looking thug. No, Mayor Hagar is the guy in the bottom left. So this is Guy and Cody. So uh, that's Guy that's kicking uh, the, the slum guy. Hmm. Oh, Mayor Hagar's in the back punching. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. so, anyway, uh, what, are, what what areas do we have in this well-planned city? We've got the Bay Area, we've got the Factory District, Harbor Town, which is somehow different from Bay Area, Riverside, and Slum, which is where everybody wants to live. So uh, you start and, off in the yep. slums, it looks like? Well, the slum, if uh, Sean Kingston has told us anything, it's where killers get sprung. <laughs> and he can take us there. So it's, you know, in the... it's. You know, a final fight game. We have seen these before. You can see the different punks that are that you fight. It looks like one of them's a girl. That's kind of weird. 
You got a bunch of you got like a blind guy with a beanie. Uh, some guy with spiked hair. Or two guys with spiked hair. Uh, a guy with a flat top, and uh, a comb forward like emo muscle guy. I don't know. So you got to beat these roaming gangs, take control of the city. We've all played this game before. Uh, looks like there's pits in the in the middle of the streets so you can throw the enemies into. That's kind of funny. Uh, and you fight a bunch of different you know mob bosses. Let's see, we have Thrasher. Uh, you you fight the Katana brother, which is a ninja with uh, samurai oh. ninja. Is somebody awake? Uh, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he woke up from his bong and Please slumber. tell me you haven't run out of space and that you're still recording. I am recording. Fuck yes! <laughs> Wait, let you me double check. Episode. All right. All right. Yeah, so I think it's recording. It says recording. We're on uh, the NES segment, uh, Brandon. Who, uh, yeah, yeah, we're on the, the, the boys final fight and fight. final fight. I caught up like a couple minutes okay. ago. All right. Uh, let's see. We're uh, <coughs> uh, uh, big stretch. Rick Van Winkle here slept for a whole week, according to our listeners. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, Monday to Friday. Guys, you have no idea, man. Oh, I hate this. Like, I love this job, but I hate this job. It's so fucking conflicting. I think it's you need right. to sue the makers of Monster, because they obviously didn't work. <laughs> That's, it that is a true fact. Okay. I've been sitting here and drinking the shit out of these monsters, and like, never have they kept me awake. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's see. Riverside, you fight the Katana Brothers. In Harbortown, you fight Abigail in a ring, which is a dude though with in like a in a boxing ring is where you battle him. Uh, Abigail's a stru- strange name, and he kisses you. A punch, yeah, and he kisses you too. Look at it. So, okay, so you have uh, a gay villain. Great. And then in the factory district, you fight the second Katana Brother. Uh, and then you go back to the Bay Area, you f- have to fight Abigail again, both Katana Brothers, and then finally the Mad Gear Boss, which looks a lot like the mayor. I like the idea that like it doesn't make a big deal out of it. It's like They treat him like any normal boss, except for the fact that he tries to sexually assault you. So I don't know if they're sending like a good message by like treating him no different than anyone else, or the fact that he's like a creepy, pervy stalker gay guy. I'm gonna go with it's not okay, but at least, like, they treat him the same. So, whatever. It's a mixed thing. Speaking of things that are not okay, Bubble yep. Bubble Part 2. It's time for my favorite part. Fuck you, <laughs> yeah. Kaito! Shitting all over my fucking childhood. Yay. Ah, holy Christ, why would you make this game? They ruined everything. Now, why I got so angry was I thought this was a platformer, because it looks like a fucking platformer. Right, but it's you were... It's just a really weird reimagining of this game. Yeah, you found out that you were slightly less justified so in your... why I'm not super angry is that it is like the bubble bobble jumping around model, but why they're fucking retarded is... So what's the best part about the original Bobble Bobble game? Did you did you ever play Bubble Bobble growing like? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I played. What's the, what's the best What's the best thing about Bubble Bobble? That you can just uh, you were just like a little cannon shooting bubbles up at uh, hanging. No, grapes. like. Yeah, that you can you can like play when you two had player. Your friend pick up. Yeah. yeah. Hey, thank you, thank you. What does this game not have? Two player. Two player mode. Yeah. Fuck you, Taito. They fucking they oh fucked God. it all up. Apparently Fuck the you, Taito. The system can't handle two players and all the bubbles and all the enemies at the same time. So they cut out two players and made the whole thing one player. You can play two players, but it's it's 
alternating turns. Yeah. Not the fun way of both of you attacking the stage at the same time. So. Lame. Oh my god, fuck everything about this game. That's all I have to say. It, I mean, it, 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 it does look better than the original Bubble Bobble, but they took the best thing about it and got rid of it. So, just on that premise alone, you can fucking go home and fuck yourself in the ass, Taito, as far as I'm concerned. They are selling, uh, 50, for $50, you can get every issue from Volume 1 through Volume 50. So that's pretty crazy that they're going to print all those and send them all out. Uh, yep. They send holders uh, that hold 10 at a time, I guess, because there's five holders. Uh, or they, they, they're designed to hold 12. So there we go. Uh, they have baseball caps, uh, Power Club wristwatch, uh, the Power Club t-shirt, uh, the trading card holder, uh, and the Zelda and Super Mario comic books. So they they put all the uh, artwork from the pre- the prior year oh. Mario and Zelda. Look at the cover on the Zelda one. That's fucking awesome. That's uh, so epic. So um, yeah, I wouldn't wear the wristwatch or shirt or or anything to school if you didn't want to be nope. sodomized with a hot knife. But. Um, <laughs> Let's see. We have the players' poll contest. Heat up the knife before sticking. The T-shirt too is like super eighties without being eighties. Like it's got yeah. the yeah. Like like Saved by the Bell, sleeves. which was the nineties. Yeah, early nineties was so eight. It was like light eighties. So the power pole. We have the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look at some grand prize: fifty pounds of quarters. That's pretty friggin' amazing. Grand prize power party for 50 friends at your local arcade. Uh, a $500 gift certificate to your local Nintendo dealer. Uh, a 50 uh, game a week for 50 weeks. They're going to send you a game a week for a year. And then uh, five Game Boys each complete with five games. So uh, there's all kinds. So let me see. In celebrate our fifth year. We're giving away five grand prizes. And this time you get to choose your own. Here's how it works. Check out the different packages. Circle one you like best and send it in. The first card drawn for each package that wins a prize. Don't be greedy. Circle only one prize. Cards with more than one prize will be disqualified. So, why don't you guys talk about some of these? Because oh, we'll see. Second prize is the T-shirt, and they don't have a third prize this week or this um, this issue. So, which which one would you go with? While I look up how much uh, fifty pounds a quarter. I'm already doing is. it. You do. You go ahead. All right. How much? <laughs> All right, if I had to pick one of these prizes, I would probably do the arcade party because 50 friends in an arcade, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that is pretty great, especially because, uh, as Mike and I were saying earlier, uh, arcades just don't exist anymore. Um, but I don't know. I might do the 50, or 500 to a local Nintendo dealer, assuming that it's like... Uh, 50 pounds of quarters makes 4,000 quarters or $1,000. Yeah, a pound is 20 bucks. So 50 times 20. 80 quarters of, 80 quarters are in a pound. 50 pounds weeks 4000 quarters or $1000. It's a thousand it's $1000, yeah. Okay. It's pretty awesome. So you're you're better off taking the pounds of quarters than the gift certificate. Yeah. Cuz the quarters are good everywhere and you can be like a fucking pimp. You can make it rain at the arcade with 50 pounds of quarters. <laughs> That's true. 
Uh, you can bad. just throw them at the ground and be like, look at all these peons scrambling at my feet, groveling. Plus, like, just making Nintendo Power, like, ship you 50 pounds worth of quarters alone. That, like, that, would, cost, oh, that would cost almost one-fifth of the prize itself goes into the yeah. shipping. So... All right, that's a pretty interesting player's fall, though. They give you you're picking between them, and they're saying depending on which one you've selected, that's that's what we'll draw. Like the first person to ask for each one that we draw. So, do you do you go for like the like? I mean, maybe you go for one you think everyone else won't take. Maybe the five Game Boys that might be pretty low on the, um, you know, five games. I mean, so each each game is retails at what like twenty bucks for the original Game Boy, I yeah. think. So that's a hundred plus the Game Boy, hundred fifty times five. I mean, that's seven hundred and fifty dollars worth of Game Boys and games. So, so I'm confused. If you take that prize and you win, do you win one Game Boy with five games, and there's five of those prizes available to be won? I or don't. Is it that if you get that prize, you win five They'd, Game Boys and right. five separate games. Five prize package two includes multiple copies of the hottest games for two players or more. In, so the winner can video link with four friends or family members. So it's a whole thing. It's like one okay. prize, which is five games yeah. with five games. Yeah. Ah, anyway, all right. Top 20? Sure. Okay, Super, Super Ness. We have Star Fox is thundering in at the first place with 2,900 points. Street Fighter Two World Warrior. And then Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Uh, you want to do Game Boy, uh, uh, Brandon? Uh, Game Boy's got Super Mario 2 for first place, Super Mario Land, Metroid, uh, Kirby's Dream Land, Tetris for the top five. And then, Mike, you want to roll up the NESs? Super Mario Brothers 3 at 45 months, still number one. Legend of Crushing Zelda, it. 58 months. Crushing it. And Mega Man 5 for five months. All right. Number three. Crushing it. And then we have the now playing segment. So this is all the games, uh, even the ones they didn't cover. Uh, let's see, we have Ultima, the False Prophet, which is also known as the Joseph Smith game. It's an RPG. Uh, <laughs> they say it has great depth, uh, a $70 price tag, which is insane. Uh, an interesting storyline, more complexity than previous Ultima games, and super music. RPG sh- fanatics should check it out. Like a library book, you should check it out. <laughs> the, overhe- the overhead view, though, looks almost straight down, so it's hard to see the characters. Controlling the object cursor can be confusing, and the battle interface or con- uh, controls are awkward as well. Blech. You want to talk about Troddler's Mike? Uh, it's a game by Sega, 4 megabits. What they have to say is no. good changing. <laughs> Sega. Let's be close. S-E- I-K-A, yeah. <laughs> not Sega. <laughs> yeah, it has good challenge, lots of options, including two two-player options, Super NES mouse compatibility, and rich graphic backgrounds. The bad news is, creating blocks with a regular controller or a super advantage can be awkward. <laughs> Ugh. Huh. And, uh, let's see, uh, Super... You want to talk about Super Turrican, Brandon? Uh... Apparently, uh, Super Turrican uh, came came and went under the radar. It's yeah. a sci- sci-fi a, action game. Yeah, sci-fi action game. Uh, basically, although the game is more than a side-scrolling NES version uh, reviewed in May of Nintendo Power Issue, the action is more balanced now. Uh, super weapons make the game more interesting, along with some polished graphics. So they tightened it up a bit. Uh, they said it's a terrific challenge. 
in all stages and good graphics, but the negative is that there's no way to shoot upward with your regular blaster, which limits the effectiveness of your attack. That's kind of funny. And then, uh, Mike, you want to talk about Dungeon Master, which is not your sex life? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a $65 game. Pretty expensive, since Turrican's less than only 50 but they tell us that it has good theme and depth of play, easy-to-use battle command systems, wide range of hero characters to choose to form our party. The bad news is, movement in the first-person view can be difficult and frustrating, extensive mapping is required to find your way through the mazes, using and storing items requires an inconvenient and lengthy process, so I don't think I'll be playing this game. That <laughs> sounds pretty brutal. Uh, and then they, they have the blurb on the on WWF Royal Rumble. Uh, they say that the superb graphics, excellent choice of moves, and superior play control are all great options. Wrestling fans will love it. But they do say more wrestlers and even more special moves would have been nice. Some of the old favorite wrestlers weren't included, like obvious submissions like Hulk and Andre the Giant and a few of the other uh, just excellent WWF characters. So that is that is a fair uh, critique there. Um, and uh, Run Saber by Atlas, uh, the game we kind of breezed over a little bit. Sci-fi action, they're saying it has a super variety of stages to keep interest high, lots of moves and attacks, as well as good clay control. Teamwork in the two-player game adds a special dimension as both male and female heroes make this action game for everyone. Well, it should be an action game for everyone if it's good or not. It doesn't matter if protagonists what, what sex they are. Yeah. Uh, but they say the story is as old as video games, so they're kind of knocking, sort of been there, done that uh, a little bit. So, uh, Brandon, you want to talk about where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Yeah, Carmen San Diego sucks. First off, <laughs> my personal Shut opinion. your face. Shut your face. I'll ban you uh, from the podcast. <laughs> I, remember, I remember the show fondly as a child, but only as like background serial music while I stared into my bowl oh. like charms. Um, but these guys here um, they call this game an edutainment type game Mm -hmm. which is funny because we covered it earlier but uh, it's a good mix of difficult clues and easy clues Uh, and the downside is to be successful you must already have a decent knowledge of geography which is why why I fucking love those games can fuck right off uh, well, there you see, you have the differing opinions. If you like geography, it's your thing. If it's not, uh, you're not going to enjoy it. So, If you like geography, don't play video games. Be a nerd. <sighs> I won the geography B. Thank you very much. So, Is that a th- oh, I guess that would be a thing, right? Go fuck yourself. But all right. <laughs> Mario is missing another edutainment game. For young players, this is a chance to learn about famous art- artifacts and some of, their, some of their favorite characters. Lots of exploring without the chance of being defeated. Though... If you're looking for an edutainment project, you found it. If you're looking for a Mario game, you're left scratching your head. So, bleh. Yep. Uh, Alien, Bubsy. Or, yeah, Bubsy, uh, the action game. Uh, Brandon, you want to talk about it? It's fine. Uh, yeah, Bubsy is just uh, some of the best characters uh, animated ever. Uh, some of the best character animations ever seen in a video game. Uh, speed, challenge, fun, and 16 ways to... Oh, 16 ways to bite up the big one, which bite I guess is the way, <laughs> which is, is that their way of saying like there's 16 different death animations or no, there's 16 it? ways you suck the cock. But anyway, one of the best yeah. character action, action games around, yeah. they do say during high jumps, the multi background parallax view can cause some hammock, havoc with your sense of direction and placement, 
resulting in poor landings. So that's a pretty technical uh, critique to have to the game there. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, but it also shows that they're they're not afraid to like give it to the games too. Like if there is yeah. something to write, they'll write it. If it's like, well, we should try and fluff it, then it's like, nah, man, they'll still write it. All right. Uh, Mike, you want to talk about Alien 3 to, or Alien Cubed? <laughs> okay, well, it's uh, action, no, awesome action, but nonstop danger. Great action, excellent graphics and sound, and a wide variety of missions keep things interesting. Perhaps the best action adventure since Super Star Wars. That's a pretty uh, huh. that's a pretty high bar. It's a, bold it's a good looking game. They didn't cover it at all, but it looks good from the screenshots. There's the no screenshot mapping thing. feature to help locate your position within the vast maze of the prison compound. That's pretty stupid. Blueprints of the prison can be accessed only at computer terminals or in Nintendo Power's review next month. So they're they're reviewing the game before they're reviewing the game or covering the game. So that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, uh, John, I'd debate your opinion about whether this looks good or not. Like this looks like mud soup. You can't. Well, fine. Take- I mean, like it looks like. I mean, it does look like it's sort of pushing the Super Nintendo a bit graphically. At least is what I'm kind of getting at. So. Yeah. Uh, tough enough, which looks like a Street Fighter ripoff. Yeah. Who um, wants that? Looks kind of interesting a little bit, but obviously it's not Street Fighter, so um, they do say there's good graphics, sound, play control, and options. They make it a well-balanced game. Uh, they, there's a password mode, which is nobody wants. Uh, four levels of specialty moves that are upgraded with wins that gives you something to master as you ascend the tower. And the, But they do say that there's only four champions from which you can choose, and that's just not enough variety. Uh, in everyone's Probably more one of their favorite childhood cartoons is Rocky and Bullwinkle yep. and Friends. Uh, we got the comic game, though I would much rather play a Fractured Fairy Tales game than anything else, so oh, yeah. I'll be honest. But uh, they do say the f- graphics and music are faithfully reproduced the look and sound of the cartoon. The bonus saves gives player uh, stages a different look and different play actions. Uh, the continue feature lets you begin at the furthest stage you've reached. And the suggested retail price is only $40. That's pretty good. Uh, but the play control is limited and in some cases awkward. Bullwinkle's, Bullwinkle's antler attack is a limited and awkward offensive mood. Uh, his hit detection is poor, especially when jumping from narrow platforms. And little of the actual humor of the cartoon is conveyed in the game. That's going to turn me off more than anything else. Yep. Uh, Mike, you want to talk about Super Widget and the game following? Oh, yes. Well, did you ever watch the cartoon widget? I remember the name. I don't remember that much about it, to be honest. He is an alien, and he's Mm. got big, colorful graphics and lots of stages to explore. Widget can transform into fun characters with special attacks and good play control. Sadly, poor hit detection. He often falls through objects, which he appears to be standing on. Younger players who would otherwise find this game fun may find it frustrating because Widget can take so few hits. So it's a game with no forgiveness and a punishing terrain system. Good so, job. Who was behind this? Rare? Nope. Atlas. <laughs> then we have paid time off, which is what you're going to need to afford the $75 price tag of PTO, which is actually Pacific Theater of Operations. We've talked about this game before. It's from Koya. It's the same build that Nobunaga's Ambition. Um, it's a strategy management game. Obviously, this time you're managing the Pacific Theater, either from the American or Japanese side. Uh, but they're saying the positives of the game is great complexity and historical realism, but the control system utilizing pull-down menus makes the game difficult to play without a great deal of practice and patience. 
the Super NES mouse is not included, and you'll wish that it was. Ugh. I'm bored just from reading that. Uh, you guys want to talk that, about... That actually is worse than what it sounds like, because it's not just that the mouse isn't included, it's just that the mouse compatibility isn't included. Right. So if you have the mouse or you go to your way to go buy it, it still doesn't work. Yeah, you'll wish right. it was. Yeah. Ah, so which means you uh, might enjoy a ROM of it, where you could replace the D-pad with the mouse. You could, but maybe. You guys want to talk about the other ones? Um, Mighty Final Fight, nonstop street fighting action, game control is precise and quick. The bad news is few special moves and no two-player option. And then Adam's Family Scavenger Hunt is greatly. Oh, sorry, starting bubble bubble sharp. Sharp play control, lots of foes and traps to keep uh, action fans hopping. Downside is the graphics are a bit bleak in comparison to the beautifully rendered uh, SNES version. If you played the original game, you're a dickhead because you shouldn't have bothered to get this one. Yeah. Bubble Bubble Part 2, what, what do they have to say about it? Greatly improved graphics, a, te- a lasting channel challenge. Although the puzzles are new, the gameplay is basically the same. If you like the original, you like the sequel. If not, it's safe to say you won't find anything new. Oh, and maybe mention that they fucking ripped out the best part of the original, but whatever. Okay, fuck you. <laughs> That's All right. They have there, and also there's no more two-player mode, so fuck you, John. All right, Gargoyles Quest 2 uh, for the game. game Boy. Classic game with a wide variety of play from action RPG. If you're... If you're really into this game, the NES version with its color graphics is a better bet, is what they tell you. So they're kind of steering you to the yeah. NES. And uh, very, a, very right with that. Because the T2 arcade game, uh, the shooter uses a simple idea, but it's challenging due to the number of targets and the fact that the targets are shooting back. Small gr- screen graphics are dark enough to make aiming difficult. <laughs> and it's fucking $28. Screw that. Oh, let's see. We also they rolled out a next generation, which if it's not just a tricorder tricorder mode, I'm going to be disappointed. It's another twenty eight dollar game for the Game Boy. We have a picture of a very pixelated John Luke Picard, saying yep. saying Tellurian vessels have approached planet Catan, and they're looking for settlers. Uh, and excellent <laughs> graphics of Enterprise's computer displays and a realistic alien spacecraft. So the positives: there's over a hundred missions from varying rescues to combat. But there's no hailing option to contact alien vessels. Gee, you might want to program that in, fuckers. Maneuvering <laughs> during battles can be awkward during uh, since you must must switch screens. So, uh, why would you? Why? Just why? Yeah, let's uh, take the shitty God. aspect from the uh, submarine game, where you have to walk to the fucking controls in the middle of a battle, and put that in this. Yeah. All right, pack watch if if you don't mind. I got some stuff to do, so um, I will try to stick here. But, like, what do we have here? We have Street Fighter 2 Turbo, the edition. is So it's the Street Fighter 2 game, but they're adding more stuff uh, from the uh, arcade for the home version. So they're reselling uh, the game, but with uh, a lot of editions. I remember, I think this is the edition that I actually end up playing. Uh, it's really good. The game <laughs> uh, I don't and know animation I... are faster, hence the name Turbo. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be too happy if I bought the original game seeing this come out, though. But <laughs> it's a 20 megabit game for the uh, Super NES, though. That's so. what you pay for being an early adapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's see, they have a whole swath of Mortal Kombat games that are coming with the blood edited out because it's a Nintendo. Uh, we have the Super Nintendo and Game Boy versions highlighted here. 
I don't think they ever did it for the NES, but um, everybody knows Mortal Kombat. You know what you're getting. <laughs> so, uh, Ocean is ha- has a Jurassic Park game heading our way, which I remember from my orthodontist waiting room. <laughs> uh, so, mode seven graphics and a pixelated guy being eaten off a toilet. You're you'll be sold. Um, anything else coming our way? Let's see. We have Konami uh, bringing us Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighter. So a fighting game with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Do I? I don't remember this being a thing. Is this a thing? Um, I don't remember it. Um, okay. It looks great though. All right, you guys talk. I'll look it up. <laughs> okay. Okay, Brandon. So uh, then after that, we got. Uh, yep, garbage sports. Which John's gonna skip. So fuck that noise. Then we got. <laughs> there it- this game did this day game did come out on the SNES, so that game was released uh, eventually. Uh, Ninety four, it looks like. Uh, so yeah. we got Mega Man uh, X, oh, one of the best Mega Man games ever. If not, oh, by the, way, the best Mega Man game ever. That Ken Griffey Jr. Major League Baseball is a pretty good game. Though I think okay. I played I played the sixty four version more than the uh, SNES version. So yeah, Mega Man X, like you said, Wayne's World, creepy version of Mike Myers looking into your soul. Yeah, we're mine. Oh yeah, it looks like, it looks like <laughs> oh, the ring or something. Like he's gonna like kill you in seven days after you play the game. But THQ has licensed shit hitting your eyeballs. Uh, and speaking of licensed shit hitting your eyeballs, we have Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade from Ubisoft, uh, as well as a Beauty and the Beast game for the SNES, an FX tracks game, which looks like it's using the FX chip pretty heavily. It looks like a like a Formula One game. We have a Game Boy Felix the Cat. Super Off-Road, the Baja Connection, which is a drug-running game. <laughs> uh, cool Spot, everybody loves licensed, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, ad, everybody you know, loves licensed gods. beverage games. Yeah, right. Family Feud, uh, which if it's Kentucky Family Feud and involves all kinds of different shenanigans. <laughs> Pinball Dreams, it looks like it's coming your way for, I don't know, it looks like an early Nokia phone, I'm not sure. Uh, there's a Goof Troop go, uh, Goof Troop game and Super Tech Mobile are all coming our way. Uh, all right. Um, Let me next see. month. Sorry. Next issue will be seeing Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Alien 3, and Alien Jurassic Cubes. Park, and Star Trek The Next Generation. I guess uh, yep. so. All right. Like when uh, Picard goes to the Chinese restaurant and he orders chicken. Make it so. All right. Um, let's see. We have the. They're pumping up the Nintendo Player's Guide for Mario Paint they have coming with the same creepy ad of Mario soullessly spare, staring into uh, the, the screen here. Uh, and uh, we have a special back cover uh, celebrating the 50 issues, five years. Um, they actually have a really cool, like, celestial kind of layout of all the, of not all the different covers, I think, but most of the covers. Maybe I'll. I'm not going to count, but I'm going to count. There's all right. <laughs> and while he's doing that, uh, we'll uh, we'll wrap up the issue. Uh, thank you very much for spending your time uh, with us. It's always uh, a fun adventure, and of course, a lot a lot of thanks goes out to uh, to Brian from MorningToast.com. We'll put up some links to his stuff because that stuff's fucking awesome, uh, and I really do appreciate his time. And uh, join, joining the family that is the Playing With Power fo- uh, podcast. Um, if you want to reach out to us, like we mentioned before, and always, the Facebook group is probably the best way. Uh, uh, if not, uh, uh, Mike's on Twitter at Playing With Power, or Get the Power? Get the Power, power 88. 
get the Power 88. Uh, I'm on uh, everyone's favorite sandwich-based dating app, Grindr. Uh, <laughs> and uh, no, but seriously, uh, yeah, if you're looking looking, uh, looking to help us out, uh, the Patreon that we have, it's always appreciated. Uh, Patreon.com backslash playing with power. Um, not not expected, but very much uh, appreciated. Help us on our journey through depravity. Um, yep. And uh, let's see, any anything else we want to pump up? Uh, you got anything going on, Brandon? Hey, find me on Instagram. Apparently, I exist there. <laughs> Found out recently that I exist there, and I told the guys that I have 500 listeners, and they crushed my dreams and told me that they're all bots. Yeah, so, he has a bunch of bots. So let's let's get him some real followers. We know what you're some your real followers. Insta tag or whatever. I don't use Instagram, so how? Do I don't I know how the fuck it works. If if you, all right, well, you know how next it time, works. My name is Brandon time. Boswell, and y'all know that. So just find that dude, add him. It doesn't matter if it's me or not. Just do it. <laughs> all right. Whatever. All right, Mike. You want to trump anything? Up, you want to trump up? Uh, yeah. Support us at the Patreon. Patreon.com/slash Playing with Power. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash playing with power podcast. And, uh, you know, help oh, us hey guys. generate content, support the show. Up, Brandon? Mm-hmm. Uh, two things. I was going to say, uh, A, there is 50 covers here. It took me a while. Like, I counted it like twice to be safe. There's all 50. All right, there. they got them in there. And, okay. and uh, two, I think we should start doing uh, like listener shout outs. So, like, if you guys want to like the playing with power, uh, like, uh, page or next episode or like, Maybe well, we Mike do do that occasionally. So, but still, yeah, but yes. we should have like a shadow spot. Like, if you like it, we will show you out. You know what I mean? All right, all right. We'll like give a big old shout out to Mikey P in Jersey. <laughs> you yeah. know, kind of stuff. All right. Well, we'll work our on favorite, that. our that's favorite. not a bad idea. Like, uh, like Pete Guzman, Gunsman. Yeah. You, get a, you get a shout out if you donate to Patreon. <laughs> like, like Pete Guzman. PD yeah. Guns. Pete the PG. Or uh, um, Mr. Or the unlike Mr. unlike Ivan. unlike Pete Guzman, he's not safe for children. <laughs> All right. Anyway, okay, that is enough. <laughs> it is late. Fuck this. All right, Mike, you want to take us out? <laughs> okay, everybody. I'm Mike. I'm John. And I'm Brandon. And you've been playing with power. Entertainment system. Now you're playing with power. Bong Rip Van Winkle.